Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete, the local FCA radio show here in Idaho. My name is Ken Lewis. I'm the director for FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Idaho. And in the studio today is uh, the head coach at Boise State for the new baseball program, Coach Gary Vantola. Gary, it's great to have you on the show today. Well, thanks for having me, Ken. I know we've been talking about having you uh, get in here and, and have a conversation and, and hear about what God's been doing in your life and hear a little bit about your career. I know you've been busy uh, recruiting and uh, getting things ready for Boise State Baseball, haven't you? No, it's been quite the journey. And uh, I think December 11th, 2017 was my first official day as the, the new head coach at Boise State. And um yeah, we're excited. People are fired up. Uh, definitely blessed and honored to to be in this role and in this position, and uh, the opportunity to build a program from scratch. You know, obviously, those uh, old time Bronco fans know baseball was on campus forty years ago, um, but there has uh, been a big gap in between that time, and um, we're very excited to to get this thing rolling. And classes start August twenty sixth, so. Uh, ready or not it'll it'll be here well things are moving fast aren't they yeah and they they haven't had baseball there since 1980 is that right Mm -hmm. wow yeah so that is a big gap yeah and it's great because i've had a chance to talk and meet some of the former alumni uh, that are still in the area and of course you know with social media now and how easy it is to to track people down and communicate uh, we've put together a, a pretty good core of alum that uh, are thrilled that Boise State has baseball again. And wow. um, we want that, that history and those guys to, to be recognized. And we want people to know that we do have uh, a strong history um, on campus that, that goes way back and some great players that went on and had great careers. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited to honor those guys and, and make them a part of this and, and uh, make sure that our current players coming in uh, know who those guys are. So that's huh. uh, an exciting part, too, of building this. That is fun. That is exciting. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for taking the time to be here today. And I know we're going to get in to talk a little more about Boise State Baseball. And, and folks, we, we do have a few things coming up uh, with FCA that we want to let you know about. Um, we've got uh, with the Albertsons Boise Open coming up here in a couple of weeks, we've got a FCA game day for junior golfers. That's uh, golfers ages of 10 to 18 that can come out and uh, get to do a practice round with uh, two or three of the players actually playing in the Boise Open. And uh, so if you if you know any golfers, uh, those young golfers in your life, whether they're grandkid or kids that you know, or nieces or nephews, guys and gals are both welcome, and the parents are welcome to come too. Um, you get to hang out out there at Hillcrest and uh, for a practice nine, and uh, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And we get to hear do some Q&A with the players afterwards and get some FCA golf um uh, gear as well. And, uh, they always have some great hats that they give out. So you can get more information on our website at fcaidaho.org. And then also, um, we've got our FCA golf scramble coming up, uh, September 19th. And this year it's, uh, it's an honor of Bill Buckner, uh, the Bill Buckner Memorial FCA Idaho golf scramble. And I know Gary, you, you spent a lot of time with Bill, didn't you? He, you and he 
coached a, a lot here in Boise when you were managing the the Hawks, the the Cubs affiliate. Yeah, the opportunity to to spend a couple seasons with Bill was uh, truly a, a privilege. Um, and just the things that, you know, I was able to pick up and learn from him, uh, just a great mentor. And, and uh, yeah, my first year managing here in Boise, uh, <laughs> my hitting coach is Bill Buckner. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you have to kind of put that in perspective and uh, take a step back. But, yeah, I feel blessed to have two years with him. Uh, of course, his life was taken a little bit too soon, but we know where he's yeah. at. And uh, he's in a great place. And um, so – you know, I wish I would have kept a, a diary of the two years with, with Bill on the field because the, the stories are endless. Um, just a, a great, great time. And, you know, again, for me to be able to, to have those memories with him and, and of course, Jody and the, the kids and the family, um, you know, making their home in Boise. Uh, I know he impacted a lot of people in the community and right. uh, just, uh, just a really neat, human being so it was a it was a blast right he's just an incredible man and uh, a man of god and yes. uh, gave a lot of his time to organizations like fca and and the boise rescue mission and other organizations around our community and and across the country really i mean he'd, he'd go and do a lot of fundraisers all over and um i remember um i'd i'd call up bill and he'd be in an airport somewhere on his way to to help some organization uh, do a fundraiser and uh, whether it was golf or a banquet or go speak or sign some baseballs for, for kids and for people. And I know that the impact of him, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about that here in our community, but I know that he just was an incredible ball player, incredible athlete, wasn't he? No, no question. I mean, uh, he had a special gift and um, he could flat out hit and, um, how competitive he was and how passionate he was to, to play the game um, really had an impact just, you know, for myself um, because it is a grind. Uh, what he was able to do for as many years as he did it, uh, I don't think the true fan can really even comprehend or appreciate just right. how much he had to, to give to the game to be able to do what he was able to do and, and truly loved it. And, you know, when it was all said and done with, it was uh, an opportunity for him to give something back to the game and right. obviously his faith and uh, uh, sharing his knowledge and experience. I, I just remember, you know, spending two seasons with him and everywhere we went, there were people waiting for Bill Buckner to come to the stadium. Right. Um, and they were there before the bus rolled in and, and they were there, you know, when the bus rolled out. And he always made time for whoever waited around just to say hello or shake his hand or, you know, right. of course, to get his autograph. And, um, you know, just kind of being in his hip pocket, kind of just experiencing that and watching how he, uh, yeah, talked to people and to kids and yeah. um, just always kind of made himself available. And, you know, mm -hmm. that, was, uh, that was pretty neat. Yeah, just a gentleman uh very courteous and respectful and, and like you said he 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 was in a grind you know with major league baseball he's one of those few players that played in four decades the 60s 70s 80s and 90s and uh was right at the end of the 60s there when he got drafted in 69 and um man he was fast he was early on in his career he was stealing bases and 
uh, you know, National League batting champ, and he was second or third, like for a oh a bunch of years as well in there. And uh, I was looking at the stats a while back, and just amazing. And uh, just and then his efficiency of being at the plate. I mean, that's incredible. I I know you know those things a lot better than I do in terms of those, but that's so important in a hitter. And uh, but uh, I know that he he loved FCA and he. Um, helped out and did so many things here. He was on the board for about 20 years here. And wow. Did some fundraisers up at his house early on when FCA was just getting going there, late 90s and um, early 2000s. And, of course, Jody has just been right there alongside him the whole time. So Yeah, she's a rock star. And, you know, having a chance to, to spend a little bit of time with her, of course, she would uh, have her seats, you know, next to the dugout um, at Hawk Stadium and, and then the kids, and you know, I remember Bobby when he was uh, playing in high school, and and uh, yeah. he was actually with the Cubs in spring training, um, and had a chance to experience that with Bill on the field. And I know how much that you know meant to him. And I told Bobby at the service uh, just you know how important that maybe month was when Bobby was in spring training uh, with the Cubs and. And what it meant to his dad, um, and so uh, yeah, just just a just a great guy that you know, um, really legendary when you when you look at what he accomplished. And I mean, I remember uh, in Vancouver, British Columbia, one series when we played the Canadians after the game. There was an older gentle gentleman waiting by the dugout, and you know, a lot of times. I'd be the last one off the field and they would ask me, Hey, is Bill around or could you grab Bill? And I'd grab Bill and he walked up and this gentleman had this uh, notepad and it was handwritten and he showed it to Bill and actually gave it to Bill and said, Hey, I, I did some research and I looked at all your stats for every hall of fame pitcher that's in the hall of fame. And, you know, Bill had no idea, you know, he, uh, yeah, it was it wasn't about him. It was right, about the game right. and impacting young yeah. players at that time. But he kind of looked at it and he brought it into the coach's room and he, he's he's looking at it and he goes, "Man, these are pretty good numbers, you know." And I had a chance <laughs> to take a peek at it, and the numbers that he had against current Hall of Fame pitchers that he faced, um, pretty impressive. So, wow. um, yeah, just neat stories, neat memories, and again, blessed to you know, have him as my first hitting coach as yeah. a manager in professional baseball. Well, what a blessing it has been for both you and I to, to know him in some, uh, here locally. And, uh, I know I, I remember your guys' hitting man, those, those seasons there, cause I was helped doing the chapels mm -hmm. and I remember, you know, just following you guys and just to see the hitting, you know, continue to improve, improve throughout the course of the, the season, which was, was really cool. And, to see that and see those that he was still just really effective as as a communicator and a, mm -hmm. dissecting those things to help those those young players get better so well folks if you're interested uh in in wanting to participate in golf at the at the golf scramble for fca uh in in memory of bill that's september 19th so you can get more information at fcaidaho.org well gary i know we want to we want to dive in and get to know you a little better and talk about you know you know what God's been doing in your life, and I know you you grew up in Canada uh, and uh, in Alberta, right? Right. And played 
ended up playing baseball for two years at Treasure Valley Community College and then went on and played at Gonzaga. And then I was looking at your bio here. It's just amazing the places you, the stops you've had coaching. Um, you, you coached, uh, you were an assistant at Gonzaga in the early 90s and then went on to head coach at Centralia College. Centralia, that's in Centralia, Washington. Correct, is that correct. Right? Yeah. Is that a JC? Yes. Okay. And then, um, then back to, to the Chuckers in Ontario, Treasure Valley Community College as an assistant and then the head coach and then went to University of Portland and then Gonzaga and then you went with the Hawks and, uh, and then there was that switch from the Cubs to the Rockies, which then sent you over to, was it Eugene? Correct, yep. And uh, how many years were you there, Eugene? Uh, I ended up spending three, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So 10 years total in Pro Bowl. And then I got to know you when you were an assistant mm -hmm. with, with, uh, with the Hawks here when they're with the Cubs. But So growing up in Alberta, how did you get involved in sports and what sports did you play? And what, what, what was fun about, about sports for you? Well, looking back, of course, you don't realize it growing up, but uh, I grew up in a small town. Um, my dream was to play in the NHL. So uh, hockey, hockey is, yeah, I think I learned how to skate before I learned how to walk. And um, that was pretty much standard with a lot of a lot of friends that I grew up with. But sometimes when you grow up in a small town, you may not have enough friends that want to play sports and you have a tough time even fielding a team. But looking back, I grew up with a handful of guys that were very good athletes, very committed and serious about um, competing and playing and uh, had a lot of success, you know, growing up uh, in a small town. And we'd go into Calgary and Lethbridge and, and play the city boys and um, teach them some lessons. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, the timing was right. And, you know, uh, God has a tendency to, to put you in the right place at the right time. And um, I thrived on that. And there were a couple guys that were, you know, better than I was. And that kept me motivated and it kept me out of trouble. And um, the, the summers in Canada were very short, but uh, we did play baseball and we had some success there. And, and uh, but hockey was my true passion. I left home when I was 16 to pursue a hockey career. And in the meantime, I'd come back and and play baseball in the summer because I enjoyed it. And it was a good core of guys that, again, we had, we had a lot of success. And, um, but after high school ended, I chose to stay on the, the path, uh, to get to the NHL and, uh, bounced around with a couple junior hockey clubs and was trying to figure it out. And, and, uh, it was a phone call. Actually, there was a, an old bird dog scout with the Royals and uh, named Norm King, who's passed since. And he took a liking to me, and he had some connections in the States. And um, so one of his connections was Rick Bauman, who was the head coach at Treasure Valley Community College in, in Ontario, Oregon. Wow. And uh, I got a phone call about this time back in 1986. Uh, I was working for... Uh, Blackwoods beverages for Pepsi and, and skating <laughs> and training and getting ready for um, for camp in, in September. And my hockey coach uh, actually played in the NHL with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, kind of a, a unique story, but he actually was in Indianapolis and uh, came to Edmonton with a 17-year-old player by the name of Wayne Gretzky and a goalie by the name of Eddie Mio. 
So obviously the key piece in that threesome was Wayne Gretzky as a 17-year-old and Edmonton got his rights from Indianapolis. So anyways, fast forward, Peter ends up coaching me in, in hockey and being in the NHL, being a professional. Um, when Rick called me in August, and this was a year after I played Legion baseball, I wasn't playing baseball anymore. And he said, hey, do you wanna, do you wanna give baseball another shot? And he had never seen me play. He was going <laughs> off of this old Royal Scout that wow. lived in Canada. Um, and I said, you know what? I called Peter and I said, Peter, um, I just got a call from this junior college coach in, in Oregon. And uh, would you mind if I went down there to give it a shot? And if it doesn't look like I'm going to play, I'll be back at training camp and I wouldn't really miss any time. And Peter said, absolutely, gave me his full support, which I don't know nowadays if coaches would do that, but here's a guy that played in the NHL professionally said, yeah, go give it a go. And so <laughs> I drove to Ontario, Oregon, sight unseen, um, got in my dorm room, woke up the next day, looked out the window and uh, kind of wondered what, what, what have I done? <laughs> and um, went to the first practice. There was like, I don't know, 70 players out there, 10 second baseman, one returner. Wow. And I hadn't played in a year. So I go into Rick's office and I said, hey, no disrespect, Coach Bauman, but I haven't played in over a year. I came here to, to pursue a baseball career and, uh, you know, give me, give me 10 days. Uh -huh. And he was kind of caught off guard because I said, hey, if you don't think I can contribute and help your program, I'm a big boy, been on my own, go ahead and let me know and I'll pack my bags and get back for the start of training camp. Right. And that was the last time I played hockey. Wow. And, um, so, <laughs> and there it started, you know, so, you know, you, you go back through life and there's right. <clears throat> significant people that change the course of your life. And, uh, yeah, Rick gave me that opportunity at Treasure Valley and ended up playing there two years, which, you know, turned into a, a scholarship at Gonzaga and had that opportunity to play at Gonzaga there and, and then coach a couple times. And, and then ironically in pro ball, I end up managing, uh, a kid by the name of Trevor Gretzky, you know, <laughs> Wayne's son and, and, uh, getting a chance to meet Wayne and, wow. and just, just talking about that journey. And of course yeah. he appreciated it. He had played with Peter and they were teammates and, um, yeah, anyways, and you played blessed. on team Canada for three, three seasons. Yeah. Is that right? And so that's, that's where you had to keep your amateur status to play for your country. Uh -huh. So professionals at that time, you know, you're either pro or you're amateur. Right. And after my senior year at Gonzaga, there were a couple clubs that turned me in for the draft, didn't get drafted. Um, possibly could have signed as a free agent with a couple clubs, but I was playing for Team Canada at the time and uh, made a decision to just stay with that and, and not hmm. lose my amateur status, and wow. which was a great decision because I ended up playing two more years uh, at a high level internationally against Team USA, Japan, Cuba, um, you know, played in the Pan Am Games in Havana, which was a tremendous experience, and then just traveling the world, which... Uh, turned into a two-year contract to play in Europe after that. And uh, there I met a young pitcher who I ended up recruiting at Treasure Valley named Mikel Von Kampen, who ironically is uh, my bullpen and catching coach at Boise State. And so, you wow. know, it's, it's life's journey. And yeah, God is good and, you know, truly blessed. <laughs> well, that's, 
incredible story. And um, for you to get into coaching, why, why coaching for you? Why, why do you love coaching? Um, I mean, you've had a lot of stops in a lot of places you've coached. And uh, what is it for you with coaching? You know, it's, it's funny because here as a young player, my dream was to play in the NHL and it never happened. But having that dream, and it was a pretty lofty dream to have, but that kept me on track, which opened up other opportunities. And so, you know, with the baseball opportunity that I just shared with you, um, I had no intentions of coaching at all. And <clears throat> really, I owe that a lot to Steve Hertz, who I played for at Gonzaga. Uh, being a Canadian and being in the U.S. on a student visa, um, when I graduated and uh, I was finished school, I was at a crossroads, and I'll never forget sitting on the curb of uh, one of the roads running through campus with uh, Coach Hertz and going, I have no idea what's next. Uh, and really, the only option was to go back home to Canada because I was finished with school and my student visa wasn't going to be worth much anymore. And he said, Hey, why don't you stay here and, and we'll put you on staff and, you know, you can start your master's degree and stay on your student visa. And, um, I looked at him and I went seriously. And so wow. that's what I did, you know? So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and now looking back, I mean, again, there, there's that one crossroad in life where somebody, you know, who believed in you, gave you an idea to think about. And looking back, it was the best decision that I ever made because it kept me in the country, <laughs> one. Yeah. And I was able to get uh, my master's degree, which really put me in a, in a strong position as I continued my coaching career, having that master's degree. Right. And then just getting the experience to coach and work with young players and, um, you know, share some of your experiences with them. And, and uh, it was a lot of work. But, I mean, I'm, I'm 52 right now, and I haven't had a job yet. So uh, I feel, again, very fortunate and blessed. And the opportunity to work with young kids um, at an important time. I know the decisions that I was faced at their age and the challenges and, and the commitment and the sacrifices. I mean, I left home. I left right. my country and uh, had to give up a lot to pursue that that dream of you know making it to the big leagues uh, when i started playing at treasure valley and um, of course that didn't happen but other opportunities presented itself after i finished with grad school at gonzaga i thought you know what i'm gonna apply for a few jobs and see what <laughs> happens and bob peters at centralia college who's still the ad there Gave me my first head coaching job, you know, for twenty five hundred bucks, and I slept on the floor in my office on a on a wrestling mat, and you know, thought that this was the greatest thing ever, and it just it hasn't ended. Wow. So it's been one opportunity after wow. another, and um, but but it's been a lot of work, you know, and we've moved a lot, you know, going to Gonzaga. I was fortunate enough to meet my wife Christina, uh, who ironically grew up in Parma, right. <laughs> who was in high school in Parma when I was playing at Treasure Valley in road. Ontario, right? So <laughs> yeah. who would have thought my, uh, uh, my best friend in, in life through this journey was that close to me when, you know, when you're playing college yeah. ball. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and to be in this area in the Valley and to come back, you know, after being at Gonzaga, University of Portland, Centralia, uh, we've, we've stayed in the Northwest, which uh, is a beautiful part of the world. And 
met some great people and built some great relationships. And, you know, I think being in Boise uh, during the off season when I was with the Cubs for 10 years, uh, you know, raising a family in this community, I, I right. think that uh, had a lot to do with the opportunity at Boise to State back, yeah. and, uh, you know, to have this, uh, this chance, this new journey. Um, again, very blessed. Wow. Well, Gary, man, our time has gone by so fast <laughs> and uh, it's been fun to visit and hear some of those stories and hear some of those things that behind the scenes that, uh, that helped make you tick and uh, that have contributed to your coaching career and, and the man you are today. And it's a blessing to have you at the, at the head of Boise State Baseball and have you here uh, just as a leader in our community. So thanks for, thanks for taking the time to, to be on the show today. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate the opportunity and look forward to doing it again. Well, folks, if you're interested in getting more information about FCA and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, the golf scramble that we talked about earlier, and also the uh, the Boise Open uh, 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 golf game day for junior golfers, you can get that info at fcaidaho.org. Well, Gary, thanks, uh, thanks again for being on the air today. My pleasure, Ken. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. You are